Okay, so what I want to do um, this week, I want to let's review quickly the Avni Nazer, uh, from the Avni Nazer's chat in the Yerushalmi from. Sorry, I only saw your message <laughs> from <laughs> from last week, and then uh, I think I'm missing one page, and then we're gonna we're gonna pivot and do. So we have a, a fairly comprehensive vision of what people do with Yerushalmi and um, a baseline for evaluating how much you think it's legitimate to build in the Yerushalmi. Uh, it's hard because on the one hand, I, think, I don't think you can, you can do anything without the Yerushalmi. On the other hand, it's very hard to understand what the Yerushalmi means. Um, so I think the Abdenazer and Moshe will probably be a good introduction to how wild reading the Yerushalmi can get. <laughs> and then if we have time, um, the Abdenazer presents what he thinks are four different ways of understanding the sugya. Uh, so I want to try and do them, at least let's see if we can understand conceptually what the difference is between the four. Some of them will be foreshadowed in Rav Moshe, so I think that it'll tie in, it'll tie in well. So let's start on the back uh, of page two, I guess it is. Um, I remember the Abdenazer uh, managed to put in all sorts of what I call epicycles. You have uh, you have tnaim that aren't ever mentioned in the Gemara, but that are implicit. You have xeros that don't stem from the halacha, but are just there to create some kind of equity. Um, and hey, he tells you, Mayata nicha Hirushalmi. Okay, so here's how he reads Hirushalmi. The name of Gemara Amrinan, the Masnisa, Rabbi Dosa, the Masnisa in Rabbi Dosa. We said our Mishnah, which says, Kol HaMashana Yodol Tachtona, is Rabbi Dosa, who says that even a poel, as opposed as opposed to an uman or a kablan, Rabbi Yosef says even a poel, if he's choserbo, is yadual tachtona. Rabbi Yosef holds like the Mishnah, and therefore he rejects the whole limit of Rav. There's no limit of kilibnei shal avadim. The so he says, if that's the case, Right, so if that's the case, that Ridosa R- rejects Rav's Limud, so why does he have any kind of ban on specific performance? He should, in fact, allow you to hold the poil to specific performance. And um, similarly, right, if the commitment is binding on the poil for specific performance, there should be a parallel uh, commitment binding the... Binding the um, the Balabayas, because the Balabayas' commitment to pay should be every bit as binding as the Paul's obligation to work. Okay, that's an equity claim, uh, which, is, which, which is predicated on the assumption that the Kenyan is a two-way Kenyan and binds both parties equally. Right? We'll see that that's not necessarily true, but that's the way he understands it. Therefore, he says, right, if, there's no, if, there's no, if there's no Rav, we should hold specific performance, and we should really hold specific performance both ways, which means that if the Balabayas can't pay the poil, the poil should, should be able to force the Balabayas to pay for him, to work for him. Okay, I, I'm not sure how he gets quite that far. <laughs> uh, but he's like any other debt, you know, I, I'm not sure how he gets quite that far. Um, yeah, the Balabayas should have to work for himself, in order, right? should have to do the work himself in order to pay the poil. Well, at least that means that he has to work for the... For the poll. Yeah, just do the work in place of the poll, right? And pay the poll. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? I think that's, that's the point, right? Uh, so he has to pay out of pocket or else do work himself to pay the poll. It's just I, pretty wild. Okay, paragraph that we... we 
parentheses we can get rid of the Kabbalan. Now, Alkain Pirish Rav Lemasnisen, the Sphira Le Lemasnisen, the Ain Konin Zezeklal, Velochal Hakinian Klal. So Rav explains the Mishnah in order to avoid this problem. Rav says the Mishnah must hold that there is no Kinyan at all. So nobody is bound by anything. And now we're back, he says, to the case of the uh, the case to the case of the of the um, of the chamor, so the balabayas could withhold the salary, and that right that's and um, and that's that's how we get to the to adola tachtona, because the balabayas in principle could withhold the could withhold the salary. Um, but he says, "Rav, leave it in afshei, sviril edim itchila chal kinyan el ashiyachol el um, right. Therefore, Rav himself does not hold like the, does not hold like the Mishnah. Right. So the end is the way that Avinezer understands the Mishnah, the Gemara, the Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi is the Amaraim explaining the Mishnah according to Rabbi Dosa, which is not their position. Right? It's not Rabbi. It's not, Rav, Rav explains the Mishnah as saying that there's no Kenyan, but Rav himself, uh, right? But Rav himself holds. That there is a Kenyan, just that it's, you get out of it by by, by you get out of it by um, by by um, by which is what, so that which is why Rav holds Yadol Halyona, but not Yadol Hatachtona. Right, so Rav is just a parish, and the um, right Rabbi Yochanan has to hold Kalvachomer. Rabbi Yochanan holds right. Rabbi Yochanan holds that there's an absolute Kenyan. Right, so not, so neither Amora. Right, neither 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 Amora is going to um, is going to hold like the Yerushalmi. Right, is going to hold the Yerushalmi is not their position. The Yerushalmi is just their position, their explanation of a position that they don't hold. Okay, so let's turn to Rav Moshe, which is page five. Right, we're, we'll get uh, God willing after Pesach to the context of Rav Moshe, which is uh, a long truva about the question. Oh, sorry. Uh, long truva about um, whether all right, who, what. How 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 to allocate the remaining work when um, when an employer has to downsize? Is the work is the remaining work divided uh, proportionally, or is it or is it or is it, or is it divided by seniority? Okay, and this again, this is going to be predicated on Moshe's general thesis that all employment all employment right, comes with some kind of tenure. But let's let's take a look at how Moshe reads your Shalmi first, so we can have a you know a set of the of options how to read the Yerushalmi. So we're, we're going to read it as a self-standing thing. Right, we all know this. So seems to him, the simplest way of reading is that they argue about this. And Rav holds that the Pasuk teaches you that there cannot be any Kenyan to affect specific performance. Right? So, right, the straightforward reading of Rav, what we thought. And the Chiddush is that doesn't only mean that you can't have a, a total Shibat Aguf, it means you can't have any Kenyan for the purposes of labor. Right, so therefore the balabayas can also back out because there's no binding commitment. But But the question is, what happens if you started the work already? So you started the work already. That means that you have 
done something other than the commitment that might initiate a Kenyan. Right? This is going to be a central issue of everybody else's, right? Does, even if you hold that you can't make a Kenyan in advance to bind yourself specific performance, maybe once you've actually started the work that constitutes a Kenyan, and maybe that Kenyan isn't forbidden by Kalibin Yisrael Avadim. So he says that, um, right, so, that, so therefore, according to Rav, the, the basic Kenyan, right, doesn't accomplish anything. But when you start the work, Right, so is a whole new, right, there's a question of whether the contract is binding, um, right, which is, I guess, we, we would call in American law a civil issue. And then there's the question about whether, whether breach of contract is an avera. And it could be that breach of contract is effective, but not an avera. Or it could be it's an effect, or it could, um, and it could be it's effective and it is an avera. So if Moshe holds that once you're matchil b'malacha, so now there is a real hitchayvut, right? There's a, some some equivalent like a neder, so that if you if you breach that commitment, you have done something forbidden. You're not allowed to breach that commitment. Now there's nothing, there's no kinyan, so it's not an enforceable agreement. It's just, right, it's just, an, right, it's just it's an obligation that you have imposed on yourself. It's the equivalent of taking an editor, right? So if I take an editor to pay you money, you can't sue me to make me pay you the money because I don't owe you anything. Right? I owe God to pay you. So God can sue me. Right? So Moshe says that if, you're, that if, a, if an employer and employee have, a, right, have made an agreement... And the agreement has actually gone into force, which is to say that one party has, right, has, has, has uh, begun implementing it. So then there is, right, so then there should in principle be a, uh, a moral, criminal, whatever, religious violation in not fulfilling commitments. But he's saying more than that. Yeah. He's saying that it has an enforceable um, monetary impact. Uh, where did he say this? Ah, okay. So in the end, right? We, in the end, right? When right? So now we have a discretionary choice, right? Right? When right? When somebody when somebody backs out, right? Now we can decide, right? What's supposed to happen? So the answer is going to be right that although there is right, that in principle the commitment is binding, and that's still true, right? As, as that's still true on the um, on the Balabayat side. If he breaches the contract, he violated his commitments. So therefore, he right, he suffers the right. If there are extraneous causes that we have no, you know, intrinsic formula for resolving, right? It's a discretionary question. How do we handle inflation, things like that? So the adol al tachtona. The chiddush of kilibin Yisrael avadim is that you right is that you're not even more. Not only that the contract isn't binding, that there's no binding kinyan, but that commitments to do work have no moral force. So the poll is right, the poll is acting legitimately in breaching a contract. Not just they're able to breach a contract, they're acting legitimately to breach a contract. Oh, okay, but then two questions. Yeah. And the last thing, so still if they breach a contract, why should they be the fact that they're mutar of the Yaksur, why should they necessarily get alha al Yona? I mean, unless there's some other, you know Why isn't it equal? Some, some other consideration about you want the the uh, the poel to be but the fact that he's mutar lachzor doesn't seem to be a good case for he's Excellent question. question. Is, how do you? Un- uh, is it bain po bain balabai? Uh, uh, 
So it's it's Yeah, it's unenforceable. Right, that's right. That's, okay. it's, un, it's unenforceable. It's not an obligation to the other party. Right, what goes wrong if I breach it is not that I have failed my obli- my obligation to you; it's that I haven't kept my word. Uh, right, it's, it's, right, that, right. That's that seems to be the way he's, he's framing it. Your question about why you're Leona is a great question. But then, despite any explicit conversation they had that, is, that established the Balabai's word, there's no such thing as a poem having giving any word. Yeah, we we could frame it in advance, right? We write and claim that it's not that the poll is allowed to break their word; it's that everyone should discount a poll's word. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows, right, that you can't you can't do it. Right. right? So, right, you're a you're you're a foolish balabayas. Well, if you put any credence to the poll's word. That's true. Word. Kablanim, right? Nowadays, right? No, Kablan says they're going to do it in a week, right? If you're in six months, maybe you're lucky. <laughs> but um, you know, workers don't necessarily. I just, you know, expect the same. So it's an interesting thing, right? You know, if that's your instinct, right, that Polim have, have less power than Kablanim. I mean, I'm not so much, well, yeah, here I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking is more dynamic, but it just, yeah, it seems, not, I wouldn't say it's less power, but more like, dynamic, because if, if a Poel is hiring himself out by the day, so they're not he there. knows what his calendar is, right. unless he's like the airlines and he's overbooking. Right, on the assumption that the balabai is going to back, you know, the balabai, you know, once every two weeks is going to back, back out, so he has to keep himself fully booked. That might be, maybe that's it. I suppose a kablan is working by the job, so inevitably there there are delays in completing the previous job. Interesting. You don't think it's a power thing, although right, the overbooking is an interesting claim, because because if it were a power thing, right, and you think that's that's instinctive, so then you understand why halacha might try dafka to do it the other way around. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think your question about why is it all yona. Is a great question, right? Why just because you have a right to back out, does that mean Yedol Yona, uh, right? So, right. So we know why it's not Yedol Tachtona because we can say Yedol Tachtona undercuts the right. Yedol Yona seems excessive, but okay, right? Good question. Maybe the rest of Rosh's trivial will answer. Okay, Rabbi Yochanan Yechol Lisbor. Rabbi Yochanan has two options. Oshu Kinyan Raklis Chayvus Veinatoli Klal Balabayis Bepoel. So Rabbi Yochanan can hold. You know, you, Rav, are wrong because the Kinyanim are not connected to each other. They're independent. And therefore, it can't, right? So, Rabbi Yochan, right? So, Rav, has, Rav says that the Poel isn't bound, but the, and therefore the Balabayas isn't bound. There's no, right? Um, and Rav Yochan is going to say, no, what we have are two offsetting obligations, but not two connected obligations. So even if the pole is not bound, that doesn't mean the balabayas isn't bound, uh, right? Because really, right, it's not. We don't view it as I agree to exchange labor for money. We view it as I agreed to give you labor, and you agreed to give me money. Okay, I don't have to give you the labor. You still have to give me the money, uh, which is a pretty wild way of thinking about it. But okay, right? You know, that's always uh, always the question. Yeah, this is one of the most important lessons I learned, I think, uh, when my mother was in law school, which you know, taught me uh, something that played on all sorts of areas of halacha, the, um, the notion that offsets are judicial discretion. Uh, right? If I owe you money, you owe me money, so the courts can choose to say that, that whoever owes more is a total, or the courts can view them as entirely independent, and that's what happens in, bankru- in bankruptcy cases. Right? I owe you $100, you owe me $1,000, 
but you're bankrupt. So now I'm aligned to all the creditors. So I can't necessarily say, okay, you owe me 900. I could have, right, we, the courts can rule that I have to pay you the whole hundred and then you give me a dollar back or nothing. Right? If I'm an unsecured creditor and, you're, and there are secured creditors ahead of me. Right? So that was a, right, that was although I had deep trouble with the whole area of law morally. But, uh, but to understand that notion that whether you, view, right, whether you view debts as offsetting necessarily or not is a discretionary category and there's nothing intrinsic about it, yeah. So you can do that. Presumption in that, you know, again, those situations, presumption is that these things, you know, the, the, the terms are transparent. So everybody knows what they're, do, what they're getting into when they make the agreement. You know, it may be that, you know, that, that someone either, you know, took more equity in order for something or took, you know, higher interest or, or whatever it is. Many, many, many law firms. Yeah. Exists solely. Uh, I understand. Fight <laughs> about the issues. <laughs> <laughs> if there was transparency, you would not have like giant law firms spending nothing, doing nothing but fighting each other about this. But you could, but say again, you could construct situations where, in other words, there's, I mean, that's exactly what's happening here, right? They're trying to, to construct, yeah, justification for for you saying know, that different the, outcomes. That's right, and law to be you know, to create justice, law has to be predictable. And so it would be a failure if it turns out that what we're doing here is simply creating an industry of toan right, of toan uh, you know, actually, actually land, you know, actually that everybody has to build an extra thirty percent in for lawyers' expenses in every contract, right? That would be a failure of the legislature right, if we accomplished that. But it would be a success for the lawyers' guild. <laughs> uh, it's always an issue with an issue with my mother, Shalom, uh, was that she uh, thought that her job was to win cases. And therefore, right, so in her in her career, she um, I think essentially won every, won a summary judgment motion in every case she was involved in, but she would spend lots of time writing them, and then you wouldn't be able to bill it because you won, and so both both lawyers would be angry with her, <laughs> and her firm would be angry with her because you're you're not supposed to spend that much time in a summary judgment motion, so they couldn't her they couldn't bill for her time, because it's because right, no one no one expects you to win. Right, that wasn't the idea. The idea was the idea was to file the motions, and there was a whole series of motions that you could each go through that would take you at least six months in every case. <laughs> and so it was really upsetting the game when somebody played to win. But in any case, I'm a little bit cynical about this area of law. Uh, but anyway, my brother really like wrote these beautiful things, absolutely beautiful things, uh, which won for good reason. Uh, okay. Maybe the obligations have no connection. Or he's going to say, you know what? Rav didn't say, right, the, the Pasuk doesn't teach you that there's no Kenyan. All the Pasuk teaches you is that the, is that the, the worker has the right to leave despite the Kenyan. Okay, right, so, right, that's right. So those are the two ways Rabbi Yochanan can look at it, right? One is that they're disconnected um, Kenyanim, and the other is that there is a Kenyan, but who says that the, the ability to be, to be Lachzor means there was no Kenyan? It means there was a Kenyan, now there isn't for you. I guess the, the first one, is there a different way that you could read it? Is it by saying that the Kenyan is Chal to create the mutual Hitzchaibut, but not on the individual, right? So it's not that the Baal Bayit is taking ownership of the, of the worker. And these languages, they know Talui Klal Baal Bayit right? They're not interconnected. 
I think that's right. I think, right. think the argument is right. There's no. Our question is why should the balabayit be bound even if the pole isn't? And the answer is why, right? The answer is they're not connected. They they independently assumed obligations. Okay. Now here's where Rebbe goes into the Yerushalmi, and we get right, we get. We mashal mar Rabbi Yochanan sham eved ivrihu, mashma shesover de beetsem yesh kinyan. Right. So Rabbi Yochanan says he's an eved ivri, so that implies Rabbi Yochanan thinks there really is a kinyan. Right, so now we're perfectly right. So Rabbi Yochanan holds against Rav. There really is a Kenyan, right? This is the second. This is the second option he's given, right? There really is a Kenyan, and Rav's position is that a Paul can be Chosir, even though there is a Kenyan. So then why is it obvious, according to the Rishalmi, if, right, if the analogy is Eved Ivri, why do we assume that Rabbi Yochanan agrees with Rav that a pole can be Chozer Bo? So how do we know that Rabbi Yochanan doesn't disagree with Rav all the way? Um, right, so the answer is that the Yerushalmi must somehow think that Rav and Rav Yochanan are connected, and Rav Yochanan must also accept the drasha. Okay, reasonable, right? We saw right the same. Right, we, we saw the same position attributed to Rabbi Dosa, um, right? That everyone has to agree the pasuk. Ach Rav Yochanan Omer Shehu Ein Darshal In Etzem Hakinyan Shakram Mechadesh Shalak Hakinyan Bistrel right? So Yochanan is going to say, how could you possibly have a pasuk of Kili B'nei Yisrael Vadim when there's a category called Eved Ivri, right? right? So finally somebody addresses the paradox, fundamentally. Okay, now says, When the pasuk says Kili B'nei Yisrael Vadim, it means there aren't two kinds of Avadim. Right, so he says that somehow Rav Yochanan gets out of this pasuk. How does he get out of this pasuk? It means that the it means that we should treat the parsha as the only exception. Okay, that's a pretty wild way of reading the drasha. Uh, right, that is the that is the that is the only exception. Okay, nothing else we can do. Right, but it's nothing else we can say for Rabbi Yochanan. Um, right, there's nothing. We, all we can say for Rabbi Yochanan is that if he accepts the pasuk, he must say that Kilibin Yisrael Avadim somehow comes to terms with Eved Ivri. Okay, but now we're reading Rabbi Yochanan. He doesn't think that we, right, since according to Rav Moshe, he doesn't think that even an Eved Ivri is not an Eved because of Giron Kesev. He says, no, an Eved Ivri is, is just excluded from this Parsha. And a Pol is Yechol Achzorbo, not because of Giron Kesev, but just because, uh, right, just because he, um, he's allowed to, and therefore, there's no reason to assume, even according to Rabbi Yochanan, that the poil is Choser gets Yadol Yona. So it's not derived from Giron Kesev. So who says? Maybe according to Rabbi Yochanan, the poil is Choser, but Yadol Tachtana. Like the second lashon of Rabbi, the first lashon, I think, of Rabbi Dosa. 
remember which lashon is which. Okay, now he says, "Begam yesh the farish." Shrab Yochanan Silver, Shakinian who rakel his chayvus uvelashon tmiya amar al divrei rav v'chiyav divrei who? Perish hapol halakinian begufa elu his chayvus be'alma. Right. So the second thing is that no, nobody holds it. Right. And Rav Yochan agrees with Rav that there's right that there's that there's no real Kenyan and all these right. And he he thinks that Rav's argument is that there is a real Kenyan, but a pole is able to be Choserbo. And Rav Yochan says no, there isn't a real Kenyan. They're just separate hischayvus. Right. But I'll, right. But the wild thing is to claim in the end that um, we don't even know the punctuation. <laughs> right. Right. Is it every must do so, or every every must do so? <laughs> Right, so we, we we are at risk of Rabbi Yochanan, you know, ending up breeding low tir tzach, low tir af, low tir no. We're at that risk because you know there shall be some unpunctuated text. Right, this happens very rarely in Bavli that we can't right that we get to a point where we can't figure out whether the punctuation of the text is bitmia or um, or benichusa. Uh, but we should understand the reason we get that very rarely that way in Babli is because we have Rashi. And so Rashi, right, the, with the, probably the most, you know, one of those common terms in Rashi is Bitzmiya. Right. Or Benichusa. Or Benichusa, right. When you have Tanya, when, right. And we also have the support instead of Bahatanya. That's right. Rashi tells you, right, and always have words like Bihatanya, right, which is supposed to tell you Bitzmiya, except in the cases of Rashi says Benichusa. Right, so we right, so Rashi made sense out of the text, and Yerushalmi we don't have Rashi. So you know, if you're really free in the right in the Bavli, you get the late Jacob Nizra's translation. Uh, Professor Jacob Nizra, Allah Hashem, translated the Bavli, and in the later volumes, made a point of saying he was translating without access to Rashi, and so you get. Places where there, you know, where, 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 right, where, where, you know, things that are that the tradition reads as statements become become, uh, you know, become expressed as astonishment and things like that. Because if you don't have a masorit, punctuation isn't obvious. Uh, right, so we just don't have a masorit, right? We shouldn't pretend that you know, which we can sometimes do, right? You know, we'll just we'll take we'll just take out a emotion and say emotion is is the Yerushalmi, uh, right? Or you know, or I don't I don't know what an early article would have looked like. Um, so here you get to see, like you know, we. Pretty much, you know, every possibility conceptually and every possibility literarily is developed by somebody who has real credibility in the Masoret. And then the question is, what do we do about it if we're constructing, you know, so we could argue that we're going to follow a later developed Masoret, but how, like, obviously Rav Moshe doesn't have a Masoret about how to read the Yerushalmi. This stage, he's still willing to say that Rabbi Yochanan should be read to me as opposed to his, right? So whatever Masoret we have is going to be, you know, no more than, than 50, 60 years old. Um, right, so that's the whole right. So, in a sense, we're not. You know, if if it's really true, as I'm contending, and I think it's plausible that the this Yerushalmi is central to halachic labor law in the way that Yerushalmi is central to mitzvah hatlias ba'aretz. So it turns out that maybe we really have as much space to construct almost from scratch as we do in as we do in because it really just never got settled. Because we're still grounding everything in this Yerushalmi. Right? If the Babli settled it, that'd be great, but the Babli obviously doesn't settle it because we can read the Yerushalmi all these ways and create all these possibilities. Okay, let's go back now to um, the time we have remaining. Let's try and understand the, uh, right, what the Avdi Nature does in his Chiddush, in his Chiddush Bet. Okay, so here he asks, um, he, right, he asks the, the question that I think makes a lot of sense. 
if we Rashi said, why can a kablan? Why is a kablan yodol tachtona? Because he is not a slave except to himself. Right? Fascinating formulation. He's a slave to himself as opposed to he's not a slave at all. Um, right? So if that's really the case, why should the kablan be able to be chozer at all? Right, the kablan is right. The kablan, right, the, if there's no if there's no um, avdus, so the pasuk yilibin yisrael vadim obviously can't help. The vedasa goes hasheri, the beemis im hayakinyan, eno yachol lachzer b'shum mamon. El atchalz melacha lo ivit avikinyan. So the goes hasheri, and this will you'll see this echoed in Rav Moshe. Right, you'll hear the echoes in Rav Moshe. The goes hasheri said there is really nothing that stops a kablan from being obligated to specific performance. It just happens that they haven't done anything to make a Kenyan. I make an agreement with you. I say, I'll pay you X, right? So what's the Kenyan? A Kenyan requires a Masa Kenyan. And so if I say, right, that even beginning the work doesn't create a Kenyan, so the reason a Kabbalah can be Choser Bo is not because of the Pasuk, which is the way the Ramosha came out. The reason a Kabbalah can be Choser Bo is because there is no Kenyan. But really, we have no objection at all to a kablan being bound by specific performance, right? That's the key difference, right? Whereas Rav Moshe thinks that everybody in the end thinks means that you can't obligate someone to specific performance. The only question is, what's the mechanism from which, by which we get to the, from the Pasuk to abandon specific performance for everybody? The Avnezer says, maybe we just think that a kablan can be bound to specific performance if you can find a way of doing it. And now, right, now he's just created an industry of lawyers who can write binding contracts. Well, Come on is, in. is it conceivable that, they, that there could be a Kenyan in some other way? But yeah. Beginning the work itself is not a Kenyan. That's right. So if they sign the contract, pick up a you know, Kenyan suit or whatever. If we think that will work. That would, that would establish Kenyan. Right. And we have no objection to it. Right. That's his, right. his big issue is that if you constructed a system where Kablanim were bound to specific performance, however you did it, we would not care at all. For example, you could just create, you could create a Sidimta. We could, right, we could create a Durabana, right? Let's suppose we decided, you know, it's, right, it's really not working, not having contracts be binding, so we're going to declare from now on we will rabbinically enforce all contracts for Kablanud. Good. What's the problem? Okay, that's his starting position. Um, right, um, but he says, um, so if this is really the case, that the reason that a Kablan can be Chozerbo is not because we have any reason to want a Kablan to be Chozerbo because of the absence of a Kenyan. Well, So then the Balabayas and the Poel should be in the, and the Kablan should be in the exact same position. There's no, right? There is, there's no binding contract. We understand why the Poel ends up uh, being a dola tachtona because the other party can withhold his wages. But the Paul's already done the work. He can't withhold the wages. So why does the Balabayas lose? The Efshir is Zemimela, right? So we can say, you know what, it's just a, right, I get, he's not, he's not bound by rigid conceptualization. The Efshir is Zemimela. The Kevin, the Paul, Kevin, the Paul, Nishtabet, Yeh, Dol Tachtona, Kishachoser, Gambalabayas, sorry, Kishachoser, the Kamash of Yatzer, Kishachoser, Gambalabayas, Kane, right? We just have a, a basic parallelism principle in halacha, right? That we assume that all obligations are equal, so if it's Yadol, so 
if we're reaching an agreement that neither of us is allowed to get out of, so then we assume that whichever one, whoever breaks it, right, moral just, right, the way we'd have understood the principle, kol or kol or, right, we have epicycles again. Right, right, or we just, right, we just introduce some kind of absolute, absolute uh, force, uh, for, force majeure. Okay, right, so right, he, does not, he doesn't really care about making everything fit together. Okay, but, um, okay, so let's take, let's, let's, let's skip, let's, let's turn the page to page, um, I didn't put the page numbers on this, did I? Uh, page three, I guess it is, right, where, where the first, the first, um, the first letter with the, the parentheses next to it is above. Okay, so he says, V'cholze, everything I've said so far, is l'das ha'goz ha'sheri dat chalos malachu lo'ovid kinyan. All this is on the assumption there's no kinyan at all. But what about the people who think there really is a Kenyan here? So if there really is a Kenyan, uh, right, so then, right, so then why, right, so if we said that the Pasuk, doesn't apply to Kablan, and there really is a Kenyan once he starts the work, so why can't you hold a Kablan to specific performance? No, Polim is fine. Polim is a Pasuk. But Kablanim, we hold, there's no, there's no, right, they're only, only an Eved El Asmo, if we're, we're following Rashi. Since, so since the Kablan is only an Eved El Asmo, we don't apply the Pasuk, and now we're claiming there is a Kinyan once he starts working, so a Kablan should be able to be held to specific performance, and that should not be a problem. Okay? So he says there are four solutions to this. All right, so we're going to try and see how many of the four solutions we can get. So, Vinei Yesh Tafarish I'm telling you there are going to be four. Ha'echad. Right, so the difference between Paul and Kablan that Rashi right, said is, is the Kablan's only Eved Latzmo is in the Etzem Hachiv. The Etzem Hachiv HaPoel Hu Avoda Shiyavod Etzlo Ein Chiluk Mapoel Bavodaso. The Poel is fundamentally bound to do, to do work, not to accomplish anything. Mashain Ken Kablan. Right, whereas the Kablan's obligation is to get the work done, not to do the work. Right, and, he, right, and if he could get the work done without doing any of it himself, he would have no further obligation. Right, the, the Kablan has no obligation to have worked. A simple, you know, simple thing is that a kablan can subcontract, right, in principle. Right? Assuming that the work will be of the same quality, why should anyone be able to prevent a kablan from subcontracting? Whereas a pole, I hired you. Um, okay, at least that's a plausible way of, of thinking of it. Okay, umekomakom, me'achar she'i efshar lo takein achevis bilti avaroto, but since in practice he needs his work, hareze avdut nikra, so, but it really is obvious because in practice he's got to do the work. He, but he, he subordinated his body. So, right, so he's trying very hard to, and he comes up with a kind of fudge as his first approach. A kablan is less of an evid. And therefore, because a kablan is less of an evid, therefore we we can say a dol tachtona, 
Right, right, but we can't say that he's not evident at all. Right, so therefore we have to say that he gets that he gets out of it. Right, so that's a, right, that's a kind of a sliding scale approach. Um, right, that the um, that the that the the that the the um, the, the Kablan is still something of an evident enough of an evident that we can't that we can't hold it a specific performance, but not so much that we have to give an economic advantage. But now he tries a different formulation, the same approach to get to get there. I think it's different. You can tell me if you think it's different. Why? Right. So we saw it. Right. Why do you Why do you get paid at all? Right. So this is, no, you get paid when you right because since the pole can be closer, so when he's closer, now he's owed the money. Right, that's a very clever move. Right, that they, that, that you end the schiros when you when right, when you withdraw. V'zeh b'toel, aval b'kablan shemietzem hachiv eno yachol lachzor sheinenu avdus rak sheinu mechuyav lahashlim chiyuzem mina chasav liskor polim rak sheavod beatzmo. Ukimol chazi nezik detam. So right, now he has this wild, um, wild, wild claim. So a poel, so a a kablan, he says, does not actually does not have to hire other people to accomplish the work. The poel, if they don't, the poel, if they if the poel doesn't do the work, so then the poel is owes the balabayas, the right the the money to hire somebody in their place. But if a kablan doesn't do the work, they have no obligation to pay for somebody else to do the work. Um, and right, so let's let's see if we can figure that right. So a kablan the kablan really right. The poel has a right to back out. The kablan has no right to back out. She didn't know because it's not obvious really because he's right because he's it's not on his body. It's just that he doesn't have that. The kablan has no no obligation to pay for their failure to do the work, um, and therefore, since the kablan only pays me gufo like a tam, because if he had because if the kablan had to pay, then it, then it would be avdus. Ah, okay. So he's uh, so he says is right. So he's trying to play. I think right. Some kind of. I think we get into a very um, a very paradoxical situation, right? So he's not really a poel, but if we made him do the work, he would be a poel. He would. So he's not an evid, but if we made him do the work, he would be an evid. So now when he tries to back out. He's not yet an Evid. But if we stop him from backing out, then he would be an Evid. So the result of that is that we say Adol Tachtona because all we're doing is enabling him to, we're not enabling him to escape Avdus, we're enabling him to escape from something that would be Avdus. Something like that. It's a, it's a, right, it's, I think that we'll, we may need to pick this up again and see if we get it. Uh, okay, second approach. Open a bet. 
This is an amazing claim. Right? That a Kablan is, is free if they get paid, but if they volunteer, then they're not getting, right? If they volunteer, then they're just slaves. It, right? It's the salary that makes you free, which is, you know, there, there is, uh, it's a wonderful Dewsbury where, where Joni Caucus, who has just run away from, from, from her husband, uh, and he runs away to, to the to Walden Commune, Walden Puddle, and um, and of course like she you know she's been a housewife for for thirty five years. So when does she end up at the commune? She ends up running the daycare center. And at some point, she looks up and says, "At home, I had two children. I had two children who loved me, and I got to stay with them all day. And here, I have twelve children." Well, I have no prior relationship with you. Why am I happier? And she's just getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's, um, that's yeah, that's so yeah. So right. So as long as you're getting paid, you're okay. But if you're but if you're if you're doing it bechinam, so then you are certainly a slave to the balabayas, uh, right? Now he says Veraya, that kablanus is mutter on Shabbos because kablan died in Nashiavid. But you can't, but you, right? So I think if you hire a non Jew, right? So you can, Kablanas, they can work because they're doing it for themselves. But if you ask a non Jew for a favor, right, big Kablanas, then they can't do it for you on Shabbos because then they're doing it for you. That's a very interesting claim, halacha. Um, very interesting claim, halacha. Um, Uh, right, and then he's, yeah. Somebody agreed to do a neighbor, or someone, someone agreed to do something for you to get something fixed. So his claim would be that if you're not paying them, you. Right, so his claim is if you're not paying them, then they can't. They, then you have to tell them. Not on Shabbos. Usually you can't come on Shabbos. Yeah. But if you were paying them, you could let them come on Shabbos. I'll pay you a dollar. Right. <laughs> so, right, so. It's a really interesting claim. And then he has this wild connection. Where he says, you know, so hang on a sec. They Yisrael in Mitzrayim, they were kablanim, right? Because everybody said, this is how many bricks you have to make every day. Nobody said you have to work right at a time. So his answer is, ah, but they weren't paid. That's why they were Avadim. <laughs> but if they'd been paid, they wouldn't be Avadim. All they Yisrael had to do was pay us a dollar a day. <laughs> and if they just paid us a dollar a day, everything would have been good. Until they decided to, to take away the, the straw the materials, yeah. they were probably Pauline. Right, they, uh, or it wasn't, it's not clear they had a quota to begin with. Well, it, said, it says, I can, I can, so that right. seems, so it seems to suggest that there was a, uh, they had to keep the quota even though they were, well, didn't have the wrong materials. However much you were able to make already, yeah, so that means there was a fixed quota until such time. Okay, I mean, now we're talking Pshat and Chavish, right? Pshat and Chavish is they, right, they were government laborers, so it's a whole great, the whole question if they were right, they were a tax on the community. Mm-hmm. So if you have labor as a tax, is that obvious? Right? Can we? Is the government not allowed to enslave you? Mm-hmm. Right. That's the whole. Uh, you know, that's where we get into. You know, the tax revolt people. Right? Is there really a difference between the government making you work um, ten weeks a year or twenty percent income tax? Right. right. So the answer is yes. Well, because right, because you can just not work. Right. You cannot. You cannot make any money at all, and you don't give anything. But in principle, right, you're working. Uh, I think Rex Stout, the Nero Wolf. Uh, and our wolf uh, <laughs> essays has you know, has been t- there, there used to be like there used to be I think there still is a, a day 
that some some consumer yeah, group, right? This is the, this the, this is the day that ends your abdus to the government. Right. And for now, for the rest of the year, you can work for yourself. Right. As opposed, right? Rex Dowd is because there was a a ninety nine percent tax on incomes over a certain amount. Right. So he would stop. Right, Nero Wolf would stop working when he made that amount because there was no because right, there was no point because it was all going to, it was all going to the government. <laughs> and it was bibichinam, right? So, <laughs> Any case, different conceptions of uh, of slavery. So that's a that's a fascinating claim. So Valkane, therefore, he says, why can a kavlo be choser? Yachol a kavlo nomar ani mochel schar, a schar v'shuva v'eved yachol lachzor. Right. So what the kavlo can say is, I don't want to get paid. Now he's eved. Now he can back out. But it's still yadol tachtono because you know what? That's cheating. Right? <laughs> Uh, right? He's not really an Evid, it's just he could make himself an Evid. So because he can make himself an Evid by, right, by foregoing his salary, therefore we allow him to back out, but we say, no, I'll because you know what, that's cheating. I think that's a simple way out. Right? So that's a very clever, that's a very clever way out. Okay, so now we get to number Gimel. Uh, right, we, have, we have number Gimel on this sheet, I think, right? Um, uh, yeah. Oh, Gimel is all here. No, we don't. I have it. You have it. Do I have the right number of pages? But my page is different than what you were just. Ah, uh, is that what it is? Uh, hmm. Yeah. You guys, do you have it? Maybe I printed out from last week, and that was better than what I printed out this week. So that could be my fault. Uh, yeah, I printed out the wrong page. I think I might print out from last week. Uh, okay, well, we're, we're just about done, so I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll take a, a ten, 10 seconds of actually have both done. The third way is that the, um, that, right, that he's, he's an evidence last no, but only so long as he wants to be. So the moment, right, so the moment he's, right, so the moment he stops being, the moment he stops wanting his, his salary, he becomes an evidence. Okay, I don't have the... Um, I don't think I have, is the fourth one show up in the sheet yet? Uh, maybe I need the, I mean, maybe the other one. But he, he's going inv- to he invent another, um, another to kind of come to get out of this. And maybe I didn't put the fourth one down. But you'll see, right, the, 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 the yeah, you do, it's, on the, it's on the back of this. It's on the back of this? Well, I'm, I assume that the same one is already. Oh, uh, yeah. And the fourth one, right, the fourth one is that, um, the Kablon, right, so the fourth one is that the Kablon has, Right, has all the time in the world, so he's not an so he's not a, he's not an evid, because how could somebody force him to um, how could right how could somebody force him to do the work? It's not that it's not that he doesn't have an obligation to the performance. What he has is a, a Stephen Schwartzberg Messiah, right? <laughs> Stephen Schwartzberg knows right, the Messiah is always coming, but never ha- right never has to come. Right, there's an infinite time for the Messiah, right? So you could have it. You could have it th- theoretically. Right, the, the question he raises for philosophers is whether. If you believe that the Messiah will come in infinite time, you actually have to believe the Messiah will come. Because right? there's, no, there's never a point at which the Messiah has to have come. So the other says fourth possibility is that's what a Kablan is. He has to do the work, but you can never force him to do the work. Because anytime you try to force him to do the work, he could say, okay, I'll do it tomorrow. You can't force him to do the work now. <laughs> so, he's not really, right? so he's not really an Evid, but he's not really not an Evid because he has a commitment to do the work. So in the end, right, what he, right, so what the other answer are these four different ways of saying is that a Kablan is less of an Evid 
than a poel, but not entirely, right? Not entirely, although some ways it's that he, he's not, some ways he's not entirely an Evid because the other person really has a claim on him. And sometimes he's not entirely an Evid because really the other person has no claim on him. He can just, he can just create a situation where the other person has a claim on him. So sometimes he gets to make himself an Evid and that's why, that's why he gets out. And sometimes the other person, he really is an Evid, just not an enforceable Evid. And therefore, in each of those cases, he says, we end up with a situation where he's closer bow, but it's a dual tachtona. Right? So, that, so I think what you get at the Adonazer, right, is a very um, matter of fact sliding scale, which you can construct in lots of different ways, as opposed to uh, right, a brisker conception, right, where you have to know what an evit is. And either you are an evit or you're not an evit. And so the Adonazer is extraordinarily clever, um, but Ultimately, underlying it, right, you get the sense that if we had a really deep moral problem, we would work it out in some way or another, either by constructing it by we'd either construct an assumption, or we would construct a drabanon, or we would think, we would navigate, we would, we would you know massage it a little bit till it came out the, till it came out the right way. Whereas if you're you know if you're, if you're living in the world of the Ksos and the nasibos, then you have to follow the concept where it goes. And if it doesn't work, and if the concept leads to some place you don't like, so then okay, that's right. That's where that's where halacha is. So I have you know, attraction to the Avdenezer um, as a halachic methodology, in a sense. On the other hand, it's, you know, it's not intellectually, it's, you know, it's kind of a mess. <laughs> right? Because right? there's no reason to choose among these four. And it gives you all the, it gives you all the way out. Okay. Um, so that, we'll leave that. Thank you again for uh, a wonderful, uh, wonderful, I guess, uh, semester, I guess, pretty much we had. Uh, and we'll figure out what happens uh, after, because now we have, we have, uh, we're going to run to Zalmincha after Pesach all the time. Uh, so I have to figure out what uh, what the next stage is, but I think that we, at the very least, we left ourselves, I think, in a really good position to understand uh, what halacha, you know, where, where the options are, what we could do halachically, how we, how much economic research we have to do to develop a really serious halacha, and then to recognize that you know that there are moral questions that have to be decided, and you can't really decide halacha without understanding what you think should re- what you think should happen. Um, right? so I think that's a really useful demonstration. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry, I was a little sloppy today. <laughs>